You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode number three. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. If you look at my history with dieting, you might conclude that I am very committed to weight loss. I've done Weight Watchers at least seven times. I've done low-carb, low-fat, low-calorie diets. You name it, I've tried it. I've hired a personal trainer. I've tried intermittent fasting. I've had a dietitian. I've read all of the books, and I've purchased a million weight loss programs from Facebook ads on the internet. I've built a home gym, and I've filled it with equipment. And the list goes on and on and on. Yes, from this, you might conclude that I've been very committed to weight loss indeed. But do you want to take a guess how many of those internet programs that I bought I actually opened and used? Or how long I actually stuck to any of those diets? Can you relate to this? If so, then this episode is definitely for you. We're going to talk all about commitment when it comes to weight loss, what it is, where to find it, and how to keep it. So let's get started. In the first couple of episodes, we've talked a lot about how your thoughts and feelings drive the actions you take. And those actions are what creates the results you have in your life. So it makes sense that you need to know what you're thinking if you want to change your actions and get different results. We've also talked a lot about how important it is to take a step back and be the observer of your own thinking, which is something that requires a lot of self-compassion and practice. One thing you may start noticing as you do your thought downloads is that a good portion of the 60,000 thoughts you have every day are negative. And I love this. Like Rick Hansen likes to say that the brain is like Velcro for negative thoughts and Teflon for positive ones. We just like to focus on the negative. It's the way our brains are wired. And sometimes when you're just learning to develop the practice of witnessing your thoughts and you see all of that negativity rolling around in your brain and really recognizing how much pain you're actually in, the instinct is to turn that all off, to turn away from those negative thoughts and dive back into that blissful ignorance. And of course, you do have the option to do that. But in doing so, you really deny yourself the ability to change. Because what happens when you turn away from all of that negativity rolling around in your brain is you try to change your life by changing only your actions. And what that means for weight loss is that you go on another diet. You try Weight Watchers for the upteenth time. You buy a new weight loss supplement. Or you commit to two hours in the gym every day. Or you start restricting yourself. You start doing all the things that you think you need to do to lose weight. And you know from previous episodes that doing this is like pulling weeds out of your garden and leaving the roots behind. If you don't change your thoughts first, you eventually end up back in your old patterns and the weeds grow back. You gain your weight back. You've probably done this yourself. I know I've seen it a million times. But if you can look deep inside yourself and understand why you eat the way you do and why you aren't able to keep your weight off when you try or why you just can't take the actions you know you want to take to lose weight, when you can really understand the thoughts and feelings driving all of these behaviors, it becomes much, much easier to actually change your actions. And here's a great example of how this works. 
You know, in the ER, I often see patients who were lifetime smokers. They tell me their stories of trying to quit smoking time and time again over the years. But after they had their heart attack or maybe even got a cancer diagnosis, they immediately quit smoking. I hear this all the time. I had my heart attack and I never smoked again. I got my diagnosis and I never smoked again. What happened? Well, their mind changed. They got their diagnosis and then their thoughts and feelings about smoking completely changed. And that's why they were able to stop smoking. It wasn't their diagnosis necessarily. It's how they were thinking about their diagnosis and their smoking that made it easier for them to quit smoking. And here's another personal example. I know that I feel better when I exercise, but for the longest time, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I wanted to do it. I would plan for it. Like I would sign up for gym memberships or for a class or I would buy equipment for home and then I would never use it or I would never go to the gym or I would skip the class or, you know, maybe I would go for a week or two and then quit. And then, of course, of course, I would beat myself up incessantly for not doing the thing that I said I was going to do and I'd feel crappy about myself. And on and on this cycle went for years. And, you know, here's the thing. When I learned about thought work and managing my mind, I sat down and I spent some time, you know, really thinking about what is going on in my brain when I'm thinking about exercise and working out. And what I kept coming up with was that I feel defeated. I just felt defeated every time I thought about going to the gym. And feeling defeated certainly wasn't a feeling that was going to drive me to go do a good workout, right? Feeling defeated made me want to sit at home on my butt and do nothing. And when I sat down and really explored my thoughts around this feeling of defeat, I realized that I was remembering the year I had with my personal trainer, how strong I got during that year, how powerful I felt, how confident I felt, and then how quickly I lost all of that when my contract with the trainer ended and I just stopped going to the gym. I was thinking about all the strength I lost, and that's why I was feeling defeated. Why the heck was I focusing on what I lost rather than everything I gained in that year I had with the trainer? Well, it goes back to that concept of negative experiences sticking to the brain like Velcro and positive ones like Teflon. It's really a protective thing. My brain doesn't want to experience the pain I felt when I stopped going to the gym and lost all my strength and physical power. So I had to be very intentional about thinking about what I gained rather than what I lost. When I hold those thoughts in my mind, I feel much more excited and confident about exercise. And those emotions allow me to easily go to the gym or go downstairs to my home gym and really enjoy a workout. Now, of course, you can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden have these new thoughts, right? I had to really sit with these thoughts and my pain around my loss and then show myself some self-compassion and forgive myself for ditching the gym when my contract ended. And also to just acknowledge how hard I've been beating myself up for it all of these years. One thing that I know for sure is that you can't beat yourself into change. You can't struggle yourself into change. You can't try to power because when you try to force it and when your brain just isn't on board with it, you buckle under all of that pressure. But once I was able to think about this experience with some love and self-compassion, I was able to focus on how great I felt during that one year I had in the gym. And I truly believed that exercise would make me feel good again. 
ever since then, ever since I was able to really believe that thought, I've been moving my body in one way or another on a daily basis, and I feel amazing for it. You know, but it took me some work to get there. So when it comes to losing weight and keeping it off or finding freedom from food or whatever your goal is, you have to go through the same process. You have to spend some quality time with your thoughts and your feelings so you understand not only why you have the relationship you do with food or with your body or with yourself, but you have to really spend time with your thoughts around why you want to lose weight and change your relationship with food in the first place. And this is truly the secret sauce to weight loss. It's not about counting calories or cutting carbs. It's really all about how you're thinking. You have to really understand your reasons for wanting to lose weight. And those reasons have to be strong enough to produce the emotions you need to drive you to make the changes and to get it done. Trying to use willpower to overcome a lack of motivation is a broken strategy, my friends. It simply does not work. This is why I always tell my clients to rely on their why power rather than their willpower. It's a much more productive strategy. Really what you need to do is you need to identify the reason that will be compelling enough to prevent all the whining and the complaining that you're going to do, all of the procrastination and all of the many, many excuses you're going to come up with. Your reason needs to produce an emotion inside you that drives you to take the actions you need to take to accomplish your goals when it comes to your weight and your relationship with food. Here's the catch, though. Your reason has to be honest. It doesn't have to be lofty, but it does have to be honest. You know, my compelling reason is that I want to be able to tie my own shoes without a struggle. Now, you may be tempted to come up with a reason, you know, such as I want to be able to play with my kids without pain, or I want to get off my blood pressure meds, or I want to shop at a certain store, or I want to be a certain size. And although, like many of these are great reasons, if they don't produce that compelling emotion, it's not going to help you take sustainable action, even if it's super lofty, right? For the longest time, I kept telling myself I wanted to lose weight to be a better role model for my patients. But to be honest, that wasn't doing it for me. Like, I didn't believe in that enough for me to be compelled to take action. But every time I struggle with my shoes, every time I bend over and my belly gets in the way, every time I look down and notice that, like, the bow on my shoes is, like, tied off to the side because <laughs> that's the only way that I can actually reach them to do it, and especially every time I have to ask my husband to help me with a clasp on my shoe, I feel angry. I mean, I feel really, really freaking pissed off every time I'm in one of these situations. And when I think to myself that I want to tie my own damn shoes, I feel tremendous motivation to lose my weight and gain a bit more flexibility. Every time, without fail, this works for me. Do I still want to be a role model for my patients? Yes. Do I want to be a role model for my clients? Most definitely. Do I want to be healthier? Yes. Do I want to avoid diabetes and other health problems? You know, of course I do. But do any of those reasons actually compel me enough to take action, to actually do what I need to do to lose weight? They don't. What does it for me is the, the desire to tie my own damn shoes. So now how can you find your compelling reason? your why power, so to speak. 
Well, one great way is to look at why you haven't done it yet. Why haven't you lost your weight yet? Spend some time doing a thought download on this question. Ask yourself why you might want to keep eating the way you do now. Also ask yourself another crazy question. What are the good things about not changing how you eat and not losing weight? It's helpful to look at it this way because this is your compelling reason now. It's your compelling reason for where you are now and how you're eating now. You are at your current weight because of how you are eating now, because of the relationship with food that you have right now. And you need to understand what's driving your current actions before we can change anything for the future. And then once you've done that, you can spend some time really thinking about where you want to go and why you want to go there with your body or with your relationship with food. Ask yourself perhaps how your life will look when you lose your weight. Ask yourself, what are all the benefits of losing weight? And perhaps you want to ask yourself, how will changing your relationship with food affect the other parts of your life? Do some thought downloads on these questions as often as you need to to find your compelling reason. That one reason that will be even more compelling than the reasons you have to stay at your current weight. And I just want to raise an important point here, though. Staying at your current weight is also perfectly fine. If you go through this process and you learn that when you're really being honest with yourself, your most compelling reasons are to stay at your current weight, then honor that. If after doing your thought downloads, you discover that your desire to lose weight has been coming from external sources, like from social media or pressure from friends or family or your partner, if there's some kind of societal pressure to be thin that's driving this for you, but that when you look deep down, what you really want for yourself is to stay in your current body, then you should definitely honor that. And likewise, know that it's also perfectly fine to want to change your body so long as it's coming from you and your own decisions. And this is actually a good time to talk about the difference between wanting to lose weight and actually committing to lose weight. Wanting means you don't have to take any action. It's like putting weight loss on a wish list and hoping it just happens one day. It's like committing to weight loss means you have to take action. You have to do the work to get it done. Wanting means you're just hoping it's going to fall in your lap one day without putting any of the effort in. Now, I love the concept of taking massive action when it comes to weight loss. And taking massive action means doing the work until you get the result you want. It can be super frustrating when you aren't losing weight as fast as you want to. Trust me, I know this better than anyone. But what sustainable weight loss requires is trying something, not getting the result you want, trying the next thing, not getting the result you want, and so on and so on until you find what actually works for your body. It's not about quitting or giving up when you hit a plateau or even when you gain a pound or two. It's about keep on keeping on until you get the results you want. Now, is it just easier to quit when it gets hard? Well, of course, but this is why you rely on your why power and hang on to your compelling reason to get you through the challenges. This is where your commitment comes from. It's like take the example of driving somewhere. Maybe your goal is to reach, I don't know, the grocery store. You have your GPS on. You know exactly where you're going. You pull out of your driveway and away you go. Before long, you hit a red light. Now, do you throw your arms up in the air, give up and drive back home? 
No, of course not. You wait for the light to turn green again and off you go. You know, next, maybe a few kilometers down the road, you hit some construction on the road. You can't follow the directions on the GPS anymore. But again, do you just quit and drive home? No, you follow the detour signs until you get back to your route and off you go. You've already decided that you're going to the grocery store. You've committed to going to the grocery store and you do what you need to do to get there. Are you frustrated that it took you a bit longer? Well, of course you are, but you still got there. That's a small example of what taking massive action is, hitting the red lights and the construction zones and moving forward anyway. So with weight loss, part of taking massive action means anticipating obstacles and having a plan to overcome them. It's about willing, being willing to fail, try, fail, try again, fail, try again, and again, and again, until you find what works. Your old way of losing weight, of dieting and then quitting when it either got too hard or when you hit a plateau, that ends right now. You're going to get all the tools you need to get going right here on this podcast. And it starts with identifying your compelling reason, tapping into your why power, and being committed to power through taking massive action. And I also want to take a minute here to distinguish between taking massive action and taking passive action. We love to stay super busy with the passive action. We like thinking about losing weight, reading all the books, planning, scheduling stuff, talking about it, thinking about it. But massive action implies action. You know, doing the things that you're reading about, doing the things you're planning for, doing the things you're scheduling. Passive action doesn't risk failure, though, because you aren't risking anything. You're just wanting or wishing. Massive action implies failure. It really means risking falling on your face and then getting right back up again and continuing on. You know, you're going to find yourself eating when you're not hungry. You're going to find yourself soothing yourself with food. You're going to find yourself in the drive through when you didn't really intend to, and it's all totally fine. It's about reconnecting to your compelling reason again and taking the next step in the right direction. You know, even if you find yourself in the drive through for the hundredth time, that means 101 times you forgive yourself, wipe the slate clean, and move on. Okay, so once you've made your commitment to lose weight, once you have your compelling reason, once you start taking massive action, you might notice some strange things start to happen. For instance, you might notice a lot of fear and doubt creep up. This is totally normal. Your brain loves to maintain the status quo. It likes to keep things as easy, habitual, and automatic as possible. And your brain will freak the hell out when you want to change. Why? Because your brain is programmed to avoid discomfort, to seek pain, and to use as little energy as possible. And change, of course, is the exact opposite of all those things. So when you start to make changes to how you eat and how you think about food, it'll be uncomfortable for a while. And so it'll take a little bit of courage and patience and compassion to get through all that. And it's during those times that you're much better off relying on your why power instead of your willpower. Now, of course, there will be times when your doubt, fear, and resistance will literally paralyze you from taking any action. Your brain will try to convince you that it's unsafe to move forward, and it'll do this by providing you with excuses and reasons to procrastinate. 
Now, this is exactly the time you need to sit down and figure out what's going on with your thoughts and feelings. This is the time to sit down and do a thought download. I still have to do this all the time. My brain loves to tell me I don't have time whenever I want to do something healthy for myself. So I know that whenever I start thinking that thought or when I find myself ruminating on my to-do list, that's a trigger for me to sit down and do a thought download and figure out what's really going on. And pretty much every time I do this, I discover that there is a fear of changing underneath everything. And once I can acknowledge that, I'm able to move forward and do what I set out to do. Your brain simply needs some time to get used to this new way of thinking. One way you can help yourself here is by being very intentional. Write down your compelling reason every day. Think about it all the time. Practice your compelling reason. Say it to yourself. Say it to your partner. Look in the mirror and say it to yourself. Write it in your book. Put a a reminder on your phone. Do all of these things and eventually this will become effortless. It will be effortless to believe your compelling reason. And when your thoughts become second nature to you, your actions will also start to feel effortless too. It won't feel like a struggle to change the way you eat. All right. Thanks for joining us today on Mindful Weight Loss. If you are ready to lose your weight once and for all, get yourself on the wait list for our first ever round of the Nourish Yourself Body and Mind Group Coaching Program. This is a six-month program coming to you this September. With this, you'll get monthly videos and workbooks to guide you through sustainable weight loss. You'll also get access to multiple weekly group coaching calls where we coach not just on weight loss, but on all the things you're working through in your life. You'll also get access to optional weekly hypnosis calls. And the icing on the cake is weekly, personal, one-on-one coaching calls. If you want to know more or get yourself on the wait list, head on over to www.nourishyourselfbodyandmind.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. I'd also love to just to get to know you better. So head on over to my Instagram account and follow me at Wayza Health. That's at W-A-Y-Z-A Health. Send me a message and introduce yourself. I'd also really love to hear what your compelling reason for weight loss is. Coming up next week, I'll do my first book review. We'll explore Bruce Perry and Oprah's new book called What Happened to You. It's an excellent exploration of trauma and the stress response, and it has a lot to teach us about why we might be instinctually reaching for food when we're emotionally eating. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you.